There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. All right, so I'm sure you're all waiting because many of you, and I got emails actually saying this last night that had me laughing hysterically that many of you said, I'm not going to watch the State of the Union address because I know that I'll just turn you on tomorrow and I'll get the whole story. <laughs> and, uh, and then a couple of people who were very sympathetic and said, we're really sorry that you have to watch the State of the Union address tonight. And, uh, and, and, but we do eagerly await to hear what you have to say about it. And so I have a couple of different thoughts that I really have to um, share with everybody, okay? Um, First and foremost, I thought that it would make me absolutely crazy to have to sit through over an hour of Joe Biden. Um, But actually, it was extremely uh, entertaining, and not because Joe Biden is entertaining, but because basically there were a lot of people in the the, uh, house uh, that were pretty vociferous and uh, called out all kinds of things. I remember years ago when uh, um, a guy named uh, Joe, oh gosh, I can't remember his last name now, but he was a congressman and he yelled out liar uh, when Barack Obama said something that was a lie. And boy, was he like excoriated and, and um, punished and, and chastised and ethics and violations and all this jazz. Last night, man, there were a bunch of people that were calling him a liar out loud. Um, There were people blaming him for all the things that I blame him for. So it actually was kind of entertaining. Not to mention, I have decided that if they're going to continue to let this um, older man (laughs) suffering from some serious um, mental decline speak in front of large groups of people, then I have a right to laugh when he is absolutely um, just funny. I mean, funny like, not funny ha-ha, but funny like sad funny kind of makes me feel bad for him. I don't even like him. And, and, and yet there were moments when I was very sympathetic because it seems to me that uh, anybody who cares about Joseph Robinette Biden would shield him from himself, really. And if that was his coming out party to tell us that he's running again uh, in the next election for a second term, um, not a good move. You know, it it did not it did not end well for him. It didn't begin well for him. Now I know that, you know, the mainstream media all congratulated him. You see, if you're Joe Biden and you don't fall down and, you know, start flailing your arms, you did well. 
you know, the, the expectations are just pretty minimal. I hate when he yells at us. I don't know about the rest of you, but when he does that yelling thing, it, it, it gets on my last nerve. Uh, but even that last night I found kind of funny because he'd be like talking and, you know, he does that whisper thing when he's real serious. And then, then he would start yelling and, and, you know, wagging his finger. And I would think to myself, he really is like that grumpy old man. If you ever saw that movie with uh, Jack Lemmon and I think Walter Matthau and Sophia Loren, when Jack Lemmon or Walter Matthau would get into their grumpy stage, that's what Joe Biden looks like. And, and so it reminds me of the movie and then I chuckle. I don't know how I feel about, you know, some of the representatives who really, you know, they just, they let loose. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's most famous for that. And she did shout out um, Liar when he was lying. And, and even though he was lying, I, I, I don't know that I appreciate the decorum being that, uh, you know, that, that, Null and void. The whole whole world is looking at this uh, State of the Union address, and you know we've got a congresswoman screaming out "liar," you know, and then uh, it, it it got worse after that. You know, it, it at one point, another lawmaker yelled out, uh, "It's your fault," which, by the way, interestingly enough, was the same thing I yelled out when he was talking about the fentanyl overdoses. You know, clearly they are the fault of an open border and all these drugs streaming across it. So he has, you know, somebody should have said, don't bring that up, Joe. But he did. And one of the representatives, I think uh, one of the people from actually one of the border states, although we're all border states now, yelled out, you know, it's your fault. And I could relate to that. But I think the single most... Um, damaging or damning thing that I can say about the State of the Union address last night was that my husband stormed out of the living room and said, I can't watch another moment of this. I'm tired of being lied to. Now you have to understand my husband's not like that. He's not like me. He's a very calm, reasonable kind of person. And he literally gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't agree with many things that Joseph Biden does or says. <coughs> However, he would never storm out of a room unless he was really, really upset. And he got really, really upset that the only mention of the border was basically one blaming everybody but himself for the mess and really only gave it four lines. I'll have um, Mark Morgan, the former um, Border Patrol under Trump, um, the CBP head, he's going to be on with me at 1230. But I did a, uh, a statement today about, or whatever you call it, my thought of the day, where I addressed the um, the southern border issue because I think it's really pretty obscene that the president got up there and refused to talk about it. It's a real problem, and there are real people suffering, and yet he ignored it. He called for amnesty for people who were here already. I mean, it's amazing to me 
President Biden came to office two years ago with some of the lowest levels of illegal immigration ever in modern history, and he ignored everything that's going on. I, I mean, I think there was three, four lines in the whole speech, which went on longer than an hour, and he kept shifting the blame. He kept trying to anyway, saying the problems will not be fixed until Congress acts. No, that's not true. The border problems won't be fixed until he and his administration commit to ending the crisis that began under their watch. In all of fiscal year 2020, 400,000 illegal aliens were encountered at the southern border. That, by the way, would be the last year of Donald Trump's presidency. A total that has frequently been eclipsed even in a period as short as six weeks. So imagine, we had the same amount of illegal alien encounters at the southern border in the entire year, 2020, as we had in a six-week period recently. He wants more manpower, not to stop them, but to process them. He wants equipment to secure our borders. What kind of equipment is he talking about? Can't be a fence, right? The only place we ever put fences are around the Capitol building because God forbid anybody should get in there. But there were other you know, things that were missing from the speech and there were some things that were inserted in the speech that just like really were gratuitous and not... Um, I, I don't know, just beneath what I would consider an appropriate um, conversation between the President of the United States and his fellow Americans. By the way, he never used that term, fellow Americans, which I find interesting. I've never known a president not to. Barack Obama did, George Bush did, Donald Trump did more than often, more than anyone. Um, Ronald Reagan did. Um, I don't know if Jimmy Carter did, but probably. Uh, you know, it, it's just this this person has spent 50 years in Washington, and that was the best speech he could come up with. And by the way, the fact that he didn't fall down and flail his arms and kick his legs was a good sign. Um, I was looking at the response by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I love her. You know, I, I love her. If you if you are trying to find out who the best governors in the country are right now, one is ours, Ron DeSantis. One is uh, probably Greg Abbott in Texas, although he can be a little iffy. And the other has to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who already has done amazing things in the state of Arkansas. Not that she didn't have a really great role model in her father, Mike Huckabee, because she did. But I look at you know, the difference between the way she spoke last night and she quickly pointed out something that I think is extremely important. You know, after this 80-year-old man who has a really tough time constructing sentences often, and if he wanders off the teleprompter, it becomes really crazy and involves a lot of yelling. And a bright young woman, the youngest governor right now in the country, is Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think she's 40 years old. So she's half the age of Joe Biden. When she was born, Joe Biden was the age she is now. And you can see that there's a whole lot of difference between the face that the Democrats are putting forward and the face 
that the Republicans are putting forward. And I think that's relevant. I mean, Donald Trump's old, but he's got a lot more energy than Joe Biden, so he gets kind of a pass. But when you look at them, he, there he was last night. First, he paid uh, a little bit of respect to uh, uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, very gracious towards the Speaker of the House. He got to dig in later, but he was very gracious at the beginning. And then he had to go down the list of these other people that he wanted to, you know, uh, uh, give a little honor to. They were like so old. They were all so old. Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, uh, uh, what's her name, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, the average age of those people is 80. Come on. And then the Democrats trot out a, uh, you know, a 40-year-old governor who says, I cut out CRT, um, I'm changing everything. We're going to do things differently in Arkansas. And I, I'm sitting there, I'm going like, who? so if you're a younger person, do you really still cling to the Democrat Party? What do you see in the Democrat Party, or what did you see last night, that makes you want to vote for them? You know, I guess, you know, the the uh, standing ovation and the cheering for abortion, I, it just boggles my mind. You can be pro-choice or whatever you call it, pro-abortion, pro-choice. But should you really hoot and holler and clap your hands about it? Is that sad to you at some point? It doesn't make um, people feel bad that uh, innocent life in the womb is exterminated. That doesn't bother them at all. They feel it's a good reason to say to preserve that right, they should all jump up on their feet and clap their hands and hoot and holler. Like, that's really, no wonder uh, this guy at the Grammys felt comfortable putting on horns and, uh, you know, dancing around with some non-binary person in, in a cage, you know? No wonder uh, the other one that's uh, Sam Smith, uh, you know, no wonder these people are empowered to be disgusting, because they look at their their leaders in this country, these old people that are hooting and hollering and cheering for, you know, baby killing. It's really just awful, awful to watch. But it was nice to see uh, a younger woman, not a, a glamour puss. And by the way, what was that dress that Kristen Cinema had on last night? Like, I think somebody told her that she was going to the Grammys. And, and she showed up in the house wearing some kind of butterfly-looking yellow dress that screamed, look at me, look at me, look at me. And I just, I sometimes you got to just shake your head. You just don't know what my, and I think she claims to be like non-binary or something like that. But, you know, listen, once in a while she votes the right way. Joe Manchin looked depressed. The Supreme Court justices have to keep a straight face. The only one I saw even smile, well, the, the retired ones all smiled. What were they doing there anyway? What do we need Breyer and uh, Alito there? Uh, you know, okay, they're gone. Like, no, make them stay home. I thought they didn't want to participate anymore. They retired, right? So, uh, you know, the only one I saw crack a smile was Kavanaugh. Well, because, you know, he's looking out there at these people who tortured him, Joe Biden included, and he's, uh, and he's thinking to himself, like, I'm the Supreme Court Justice. I got a lifetime appointment. Chuckle, ha-ha, you know. He was the only one I saw smile. Uh, Ketanji um, Jackson-Brown was as serious as a heart attack. I like that. She should be serious. She's a Supreme Court Justice. She's not supposed to jump up and cheer or any of that other stuff. And she didn't, much to her credit, because you know when they were talking about abortion, she wanted to leap to her feet. But she didn't do that.
I didn't see any. Uh, uh, Clarence Thomas probably decided to watch it from his house on the couch if he watched it at all because he wasn't there. And the first thing I always ask is, who's the designated survivor? You know? And and I'm looking around. No, Buttigieg is there, so it's not him. Okay, it's not Lloyd Austin. Okay, it's not, uh, you know, this one, that one, and the other one. And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, please tell me it's not that admiral that used to be a, a man that's now not a man. Uh, but it was that they, they were there. Um, and then I finally heard some commentator say it was the Secretary of Labor. I didn't even know who the Secretary of Labor was. H how does that uh, <laughs> How does that resonate? You know, who who was the designated survivor last night? A guy named Marty Walsh. Does anyone know that name? I'm just asking. You know, I couldn't pick him out if he was in a lineup. I, I just couldn't. He's the labor secretary. At least the last labor secretary, who was Elaine Chow, if I couldn't pick her out, her husband Mitch McConnell could, right? Just saying. So uh, that was the most interesting part of the whole uh, thing was that I didn't even know who Marty Walsh was and he was going, had anything happened last night? This is what I want you to think about, all right? Had anything happened and all those people, the leaders of this country, the leader of the majority party, the leader of the minority party, many, 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 um, almost every representative and senator in our government, all the cabinet, a bunch of Supreme Court justices, okay? All are there if, uh, you know, if China uh, flew a balloon over there, God forbid, and dropped, a, you know, one of these, uh, it's about the size of a small plane, bombs, Marty Walsh would have been in charge. Marty Walsh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who the hell is Marty Walsh? Does anybody know who Marty Walsh is or is it just me? Yeah, well, he would have been. Last year, it was Gina Raimondo, who's the Commerce Secretary. Now, I, 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 I do know who Gina Raimondo is. I probably wouldn't have been comfortable with her leading the country either, but Marty Walsh? I'm sorry. You know, maybe it's just me, but it seemed absurd. Anyway, I'm running late. Let me take a break. Uh, as I said, at 12.30 in that last, in the segment after the next one, I'll be talking with Mark Morgan. Don't forget to download the 850 app. As a matter of fact, to all my friends in the Bahamas, I keep getting these notices. They're having trouble getting the show in the Bahamas. Like, you know, I can't afford to lose my listeners in the Bahamas. There's a ton of them. So we were trying to get them to take the app. Download the 850 WFTL app or go to the website, 850WFTL.com. You can listen online, I believe. And if you get a notice that you can't, it's because of the Bahamas, not because of us. I'll be right back. All right, well, Sharina. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Album, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You just corrected me. Uh, Sam Smith is uh, non-binary, but uh, the one that was in the cage is a transgendered person. I, I just, I can't. I can't keep track. You need like a scorecard to keep track of uh, all of the varieties now of gender, maybe it's just me.
you know, what can I tell you? Anyway, what's with Sheila Jackson Lee that she always has to plan herself on the uh, on the aisle so that she gets to shake the hand of the incoming president uh, on the way in and on the way out? She even did it for Trump. I mean, talk about a glory hound, right? Like you got to be in the yeah. You want to make sure you're seen on TV. Lord have mercy. Uh, Lauren Bobert Bobert is uh, a character. She just is. And when he started screaming about the, uh, you know, uh, assault weapons, you knew that the camera was going to go right to her. It didn't matter where you were watching it, C-SPAN, CNN. It, it, I, I was flipping around, and anytime he mentioned, like, guns or anything like that, like he had the kid who saved his um, dance studio family from being shot in L.A. after the guy had already shot a whole bunch of people at another ballroom, and, you know, he... He, he had to get into a whole gun thing, and they just kept bringing that camera at all the stations because I, I flipped around to make sure it wasn't just Fox that would uh, bring the camera over to Lauren Boebert, who's a big gun, a Second Amendment supporter, but even on CNN they went to her. They just, they just don't understand guns at all. And, and, you know, for a man who's been in Washington and debated gun legislation for how long? What did he say? He said 30 years, 50 years, 50 years they've been debating uh, gun legislation, and he still doesn't understand that an assault rifle and an assault weapon and all the rest of it, oh, golly. So 72% of the Democrats thought it was a great, a great uh, speech. <laughs> it's, like, it's exactly what Sarah Huckabee Sanders said. It is. They, she said, you have a choice between normal or crazy. The left is crazy. I say that all the time. She had the nerve to say it in her response to the State of the Union. The left is crazy. There's no other way to discuss it. And this is how crazy they are. Today, on Politico and in various other places, they're claiming that the president's speech was a classic example of rope-a-dope. Okay, that it began without much theatrics, but it escalated over the roughly 75 minutes to the GOP heckling and all these off-script responses from Biden. They booed, they called him a liar, they said secure the border, they said your fault. Schumer said on Democrat side of the room, there was excitement as Biden was hitting it out of the park. <laughs> um but the Republican side of the room will be remembered for quite a while by anybody who watched it because he thought their behavior was so bad. At one moment, they actually booed the president because he lied. He claimed that Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset, which is not true. Rick Scott had his moment in glory last night because he made a proposal about that, not about eliminating it, but winding down um, all laws, not just Medicare and, and all laws, that after five years they have to be reevaluated. Because laws are put in place in this country and they never go away, never, unless they're good laws, and then they go away immediately with an executive order. But, you know, why not reexamine funding and laws? I, I don't think that's a bad idea. It doesn't mean he, they're coming for your Medicare. So he, he basically 
um, you know, lied. Nobody, and then he kept saying, all right, uh, I don't think it's a majority of people. No, it isn't even a minority of people. It's one guy who mentioned examining legislation every five years to see if it's still relevant and to see if you still should be pumping uh, as much money into it. Is that really outrageous? I mean, does anybody else find that like perfectly uh, uh, negotiable? Like we should be able to have that conversation? I just, you know, I, I, I just, I actually kind of enjoyed it last night. I particularly enjoyed Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I thought she did a great, great job. Um, and she's one of the few women <coughs> in Washington, D.C., who obviously doesn't rely on being like overtly feminine or beautiful or anything like that. She's just business. She's all about business. She literally um, was a great press secretary, and um, seeing what she's doing in Arkansas, she's a great governor. She's a no-nonsense, all-business governor. Isn't that what everybody should want? You know, that's what we have. And I'm real happy that we have it. And I'm sure the people in Arkansas were very proud last night. I know for sure that her uh, dad was super proud. He had to be super proud last night. It was uh, a, a, an incredible, a stellar, stellar, stellar performance. And, uh, you know, I, I think you saw the difference. You got this aging Democrat Party led by this old man and then you have young people in the Republican Party who actually are concerned about what the American people are going through. See, we don't go rah, 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 the economy is great when we know that people aren't able to pay their bills. I, I put a video up today of people dumpster diving in Austin, Texas. Some supermarket had a, uh, their freezers all went out, so they had to dump all the food, right? And people were pulling this food out, which is probably spoiled, and taking it home in shopping carts. And, and, you know, and I got the president of the United States last night telling me, yeah, you know, everything's great. We got no unemployment. We got everything's good. And, you know, we got to stop the fentanyl. Not by closing the border, though. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to have more treatment. Everything he suggested was money. Throw money here, throw money there, give them more uh, staff at the border so they can process more people. That's it. Anyway, let me take a break. Mark Morgan's my guest. He's coming on next. Stay right where you are. I am sure that he watched the speech with the same uh, chagrin that I did. I'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. As I promised, one of my favorite guests, the former acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement and the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, who's now with uh, an organization that you all know I'm uh, obsessed with, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, Mark Morgan, uh, also a senior fellow there. How are you, Mark? Joyce, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Hey, listen, I, you know, I, I kept thinking about you last night while I was watching this, you know, this tragic State of the Union <laughs> address. Huh. And I think he gave all of four lines to the border. And he actually, you know, I was kind of proud that there were congressmen calling out like the fentanyl crisis is your fault. Seal the border. You know, how did you feel watching yeah. that? Yeah, George, look, I think you're right. I, I mean, four lines. He, he spent three three times as, as, as much of his speech and bandwidth talking about the junk fee act. I mean, he yeah. literally talked about airline baggage fees yeah. and how some people ought to pay a little bit more money 
so they can set together an airplane than he did about the catastrophic crisis at our southwest border. Now, look, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make light of that. But the president of the United States at a state of the union, he's going to talk about baggage fees rather than the fact that the cartels own our southern border, that drugs are pouring across killing Americans every single day, that we had 1.2 million known godways in 24 months, including murderers, rapists, pedophiles, gang members pouring across our open border, as well as national security threats that's impacting every single state in this country. Mm -hmm. He has four lines to that. I mean, yeah. it, so it, it, it's it's not what he said as, as much as what he didn't say. I mean, he didn't talk about the fact that China is sending the precursor chemicals to Mexico so they can manufacture synthetic drugs laced with fentanyl that are killing youth of this country. Not one single mention of that, Joyce. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the point is that, you know, he he had the audacity to talk about the crisis of fentanyl in this country and the fact that it's killing Americans and killing our children. And then didn't you know didn't seem to understand that 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 lies right at his feet you were there for the trump administration in the last year of donald trump we had 400 and something 400,000 uh you know people that we apprehended at the border we do that in yep. a month now that's exactly right in six weeks george in six weeks we're apprehending more illegal aliens than we did in an entire year under the trump administration and that's mm -hmm. another I learned a long time ago, the intentional omission of a material fact is the same thing as a lie. That's why I say the president lied again and again last night, because he intentionally omitted essential material facts to the American people. And you just represented one. Illegal immigration is not a victimless crime. As illegal immigration goes up, resources are pulled off the line. They're relegated to administrative duties. That leaves the border wide open, unpatrolled for the cartels to exploit. That's how drugs and troubles are getting through. You know who wasn't said in the audience? A United States mother or father that lost their loved one, uh, like a 20-year-old that just a couple of days ago that was strangled to death, literally strangled to death by an illegal alien. Or what about the 10-year-old that was raped by an illegal alien? Or what about the single mother who was stabbed in the face 58 times in the neck and face by an illegal alien? I could go on and on and on. Not a single mention of that. There was no mention of policy. He talked about, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to throw some more resources at it and call it a day. And blame everybody else but him. And look, that's why you saw the Republicans jump up. That's why last night it kind of looked like it looks in the UK. It's because mm -hmm. Republicans are so frustrated. Not only did he destroy the most secure border in our lifetime, but he's lying to the American people about it. And I think that's the moment that you heard the outcry from the Republicans, and I'm glad they did. Yeah, but of course you have the most of the media that's like saying, "Oh, how outrageous that the, you know that the Republicans behave so badly." Like you know, most of us were cheering uh, that they finally got off their hands and 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 made it clear that they're not a party to some of the things that he allows to go on in this country, and that they're not going to tolerate the lies anymore. They got to be called out. I mean, it, the the list is is endless. But when it comes to immigration, you know, this has been my pet issue for th over 30 years. And it's been, you know, where you you've worked. So neither one of us yep. um, can tolerate the thought that we have an administration that has literally thrown the country under the bus on the border and doesn't want to admit they've done so. I mean, and the people are dump. He's saying the economy is great, and people are dumpster diving in Austin, Texas, to get food. You know. Exactly. It's, it's 
George, you're, you're, I could have said it better myself. It, it's, it's twofold. It's the mm-hmm. fact that their policies are causing the devastation, but that's not enough. It's the fact that they've done this, and they're lying about it. I mean, Secretary Mayorkas, everything that comes out of that man's mouth about the Southwest border is an abject lie. It's, mm-hmm. there's, he, he, he does, he's gone past D.C. spin and swamp speak. He just blatantly lied. He still says the borders are closed. Again, I'll go back to 1.2 million gotaways. I'll go back to drugs are freely flowing across a border, killing Americans every single day. There is no objectively rational, reasonable person who would actually say that what's happening on our border isn't crisis and our border is secure. But yet we let the secretary of our homeland get away with it. We let our president get away with it. But last night, I agree with you, it was nice to see the Republicans not sit in quiet as the president continued to lie to the American people. I'm glad they spoke up. I'm glad that a few of them reached out and yelled out and said, Mr. President, when he started talking about fentanyl, as you mentioned, they said, it's your fault. Yeah, He's absolutely right. They're, they are absolutely right. I got to tell you, you know, you and I have been around the the, the politics uh, a long time. Um, and so I'm one of these people who, as soon as these speeches start, I'm going like, okay, who's the designated survivor? And when I found out it's some labor secretary named Marty Walsh, I never heard of this guy. Like, who is he? <laughs> He would have been in charge if some if the Chinese balloon had dropped a you know an ordinance on Capitol building last night. We would have had some guy named Marty Walsh in control. Do you even know who he is? No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you you are in Washington, so if you don't know, nope. no wonder I don't know. Oh my goodness! But listen, once again, um, you know we have to. We have to get a Republican Party energized to fight this battle. I don't want amnesty. He talked about amnesty again last night. All these DACA and this and that. He, he, he did. Yeah. Yeah, George, I mean, that's another thing. That's when you heard a poll from the Republicans, too, because he blamed the Republicans passing his comprehensive immigration reform. That, that's, that's another uh, distraction of the false narrative. What's happening on our southwest border is not about immigration. It's about border security being driven in large part by illegal immigration. But again, that's the false narrative that's a push on the American people. And he blamed the Republicans for not passing his comprehensive immigration bill that would have done nothing to secure the border. It would have given path, a pathway to citizenship, though, to millions of illegal aliens, which is, that just simply would have encouraged more illegal aliens from 171 different countries to illegally enter our borders, continue to pour resources off, continue to open our borders, and continue to give operation control of the border. Amnesty will do nothing but it continues to incentivize people to come here and break the law because all you got to do is set foot in the United States, wait here long enough, avoid apprehension, and you too will be the next recipient of amnesty. This is about border security, and that's why, again, you heard another uproar from the Republicans when he talked about that. Yeah. Well, we got to take the language back, Mark. That's all I'm going to say. It's an invasion. Yep. It's not border crossings. Uh, they're illegal aliens. They're not undocumented yep. workers. Uh, and, and we allowed them to, to, to steal our language, and it's, it's not working well for us. Mark Morgan, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you have another uh, call you got to get on. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You two go anytime. Thank you. Uh, all right, yeah, he's a great guest, and and I, when I'm in Washington, he's one of my favorite people uh, to spend some time with because he knows, man, he, he he's been on the front line, and then to hear this lying go on last night had to make him as crazy it was making me, and and all the things that he that he didn't talk about because he's right, the 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 lie of omission, in many ways is the worst thing, uh, he completely failed 
to acknowledge the, the frustration of parents who are fed up with the quality of public school education that their children received during the COVID-19 pandemic. He's talking about, how, I don't know, he's quoting J Dr. Jill Biden, the teacher, and saying like, oh, if we don't educate our kids, they can't compete in the job market or some other such dribble. Like, oh yeah, well, we know that. But what about the, the two years that they didn't get to go to school? What about the kids? What are we going to do now for children who are in the fifth grade and reading at a second grade level? What are we going to do for the high school students who are dropping out in record numbers because they can't pass the simplest uh, comprehension tests? Uh, what are we going to do about, well, we just saw the most recent uh, National Assessment of Educational Progress, and it showed that many of the students that in this country came out of the pandemic with sobering really sobering declines in math and in reading scores, and yet not a word was said in this address last night. Instead, I have to hear about like, oh, don't worry, there's lots of jobs, and there's good jobs, and there's pay, more pay, and, and uh, we can't allow McDonald's to hold their workers hostage and not let them go work across town. What? You know, maybe it's just me. No, nah, it's not just me. It's lots. It's anybody who cares a little bit about this country. Look, I um, we're in in dire straits. That's all I'm gonna say. And it, it's time to to put up and fight. And if Kevin McCarthy, who I've always had my doubts about, he's done a couple of good things since he became speaker. But I've always had my doubts about him. And I saw the week. Kevin McCarthy, the Kevin McCarthy who wants everybody to like him, the Kevin McCarthy who wants to one day be a vice president or something. I don't know. I, I, I saw that Kevin McCarthy again last night. You know, it, it's not enough to sit behind the president and, uh, you know, keep an impassive face and shoot uh, darts out of your eyes at your own, uh, your own caucus. No, no. You have to be willing. You don't have to tear up the, uh, the speech like uh, stupid Pelosi did. And by the way, you know, uh, I suppose it was supposed to be a touching moment when he recognized Paul Pelosi in that oversized hat. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that there was enough damage to his cranium and that he probably is, uh, you know, has no hair there or has to still wear bandages. I don't know. But that hat... <laughs> Uh, look like something out of like a, you know, um, Abbott and Costello skit or, or, uh, three stu I don't know. It was just, nah, the hat didn't work for me. And there, Nancy Pelosi today saying, oh my God, people will never forget the behavior of the Republicans. No, Nancy, they will never forget when you tore off that speech. That's what they'll never forget, Nancy. They will applaud the behavior of the Republicans, except for the sold out media that couldn't, you know, they can never say anything wrong about a Democrat or Democrats who could never say anything wrong about themselves. So Republicans fight about amongst themselves all the time. Too much, as a matter of fact. All right. Anyway, let me uh, remind you at one o'clock, Dan Bongino, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about this. And Ben Shapiro at four o'clock, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about this. And then, of course, we'll have the WPTV local news and um, tomorrow morning, Jen, Bill, and Stephen Diener will be here for the morning show. So you stay right where you are. I have one segment left. Man, sometimes you, you just, you have to laugh when you listen to how the media portrays, you know, things like this dog and pony show from last night. 
They, oh, it's a great speech. She spoke with passion and fluidity and conviction. What the heck? Were they watching the same thing I was watching? How can they score an hour and a half of crazy, distorted uh, misery as anything but a failure? And, uh, you know, listen, I, I put up, in case you um, you didn't go to the 850WFDL website or don't have your app on your cell phone, I put up uh, President Donald Trump's response to the State of the Union address, and it made me feel better. It really did, because he... Um, you know, he reminds me every time he speaks of how, what America used to be like and, and how, you know, putting America first is not a bad idea. And then, of course, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She, I, I was cheering when she was saying, you have a choice between normal and crazy. <laughs> I just got, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing I would say, right? You know, they're crazy. They're not, uh, they're not poorly educated. They're all very educated. They're not uh, philosophically wrong. They are crazy. They're absolutely crazy. Because I, 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 I listen to what they say and I watch what they do. And, and they're just, I don't know. You know, today they're sitting around literally saying that Joe Biden set a trap and the Republicans walked into it. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't, you know, we don't, we don't trust the media anymore because we can see with our own eyes that millions of illegal immigrants have come across the border and that, uh, and millions of them are bringing drugs in, or if not millions of them, enough of them are bringing drugs in that hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying. Thousands of American citizens every single week succumb to drugs that have literally, China sends the ingredients to Mexico and then the cartels create the drugs, spiking everything with this fentanyl and this new derivative that I can't even pronounce. Then they bring it over the border and they they go throughout every city in America and, and online. And, you know, the, the, Joe Biden was literally talking about, hey, you know, they're pushing drugs on, uh, on these, uh, you know, kids on these, these social media sites. Okay, I heard, like everybody else did, that Snapchat, you could reach a drug dealer on Snapchat and that some kids were uh, purchasing drugs and the drug dealer was driving right up to the parents' house. I go back to what I've always said. Where the heck are America's parents? Could somebody tell me, like, how do you not notice if a car pulls up to your house and some dude who uh, looks like he, you know, just literally... Uh, came off a street corner where he whispered behind his hand, got them deuces. I'm now really showing my age. And, and and you as a parent go like, I don't know what happened. I walked into my daughter's bedroom and she was dead. You know, well, you know, you're a perfect student, you're a great kid, you're a wonderful kid. You had no idea that they were buying narcotics and using them, I find that, I got to tell you, I raised two kids. Man, I knew the first time my daughter, Jenya, got drunk. 
and and it wasn't because she got drunk in front of me. It wasn't because I, you know, I saw her during her drunk. But the next day, when she had a blinding headache, and every time, you know, her brother walked across the floor, she said her head hurt because the sound of his steps. <laughs> I said, you got drunk last night, didn't you? You know, how, how, do, how does a parent not know that their kid feels so emboldened that they would go on to a Snapchat or a TikTok or whatever these uh, social media sites are and purchase a lethal drug and use it in their bedroom? And the parent is like, I can't believe this happened. Now, I'm not blaming the parents, trust me, but I'm asking, like, you can't expect the government to fix any of this stuff. They're allowing these drugs to flood into our country. They're allowing the murder of thousands of Americans' kids every day. And, and I have no idea how many terrorists they're allowing in either who walk in with the millions of illegals, right? I don't know. But I will tell you this. You better keep an eye on your kids, including your teenagers, because we don't have a government that's looking out for them at all. You know, all we have are people who rage, rage at the machine, you know, uh, I love, you know, Kamala Harris jumps to her feet. Oh, we got to stop the fentanyl. Man, this is a woman who all of a sudden has become, you know, compassionate about the use of marijuana and, 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 and all this other jazz. Meanwhile, when she was a prosecutor, a former prosecutor in California and the California Attorney General, mind you, before she was the senator and then became the vice president, she loves marijuana. She was giggling and laughing when she admitted that with, I don't know who was, uh, Charlemagne the God or somebody. And for the cherry on top of it all, this is a uh, vice president of the United States who literally, literally, not just maybe, but literally supported defunding the police and bailing criminals out of jail. Uh, a pox on her, a pox on Joe Biden, and congratulations to Sarah Huckabee Sanders and uh, everyone who yelled out last night. I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.